This is Psychics and Psychos, a metaphysical true crime analysis with your host, psychic astrologer Denise Siegel and intuitive card reader Helen from Irish Granny Tarot. They use psychic abilities, tarot, and astrology to get a deeper understanding of the spiritual and psychological motivations of murder and the true crimes we all know. Hey there, welcome to Psychics and Psychos. This is Denise Siegel and, and I'm Helen, Irish Granny, Irish Granny Tarot, and this is a metaphysical true crime analysis. And today, Helen's going to tell us about the Golden State Killer. Oh, Joseph D'Angelo, what a piece of work. So he was born in 1945 in Bath, New York. Now we're all familiar with his crimes. I'm not gonna run through a litany of all the horrible things he did. Uh, suffice it to say, they were pretty horrible. What I'm gonna talk about more, I'm just going to uh, review the events and incidents in his life that were pertinent to his life of crime that may have affected him psychologically or karmically and certainly legally. So. There are rumors, and we don't know for sure because he's not doing a lot of talking, but there are rumors that he suffered parental abuse, his sister claims. He uh, told people that he witnessed his seven-year-old sister being raped by two servicemen while the family was in Germany uh, stationed with the military. He had a teen history of multiple break-ins, all sorts of egregious animal abuse, as an older teen, early 20s, he was in the military and was stationed off the coast of Vietnam, but he was in uh, boats. He was in the Navy. Um, he got a law enforcement education and had a job history of ver various positions in law enforcement. At one point, he was engaged, and when his fiance broke it off, he threatened her with guns. He was married eventually to somebody else <laughs> and had a very troubled marriage. They were married for over 30 years and lived separately for over 30 years. He had troubled work relations. He was not well liked by the people with whom he worked. He was a very disturbing, controlling, bizarre neighbor. He was that guy. His neighbors report him standing in the backyard screaming at himself. And he was always complaining about pets and get off my lawn and that kind of thing. He was arrested for shoplifting while he was in the police department as a cop and he was fired and he allegedly threatened the life of the chief of police who fired him and allegedly, according to the chief of police, uh, showed up at the chief's house in a balaclava, all dressed in black, hung from the roof, upside down and looked through his baby daughter's window and stalked the chief of police, threatened to kill him, tried to break in unsuccessfully because the chief was alert. He was afraid of him. He was accused of stealing later. We don't know what he did for from the 80s to the 90s for a living, but in the 90s, he became a mechanic for a truck service that distributed groceries. And he got in trouble, I believe, in 1996 for stealing gas, not paying for it. Uh, charges were dropped. 
He eventually pled guilty to 120 ransack burglaries um, and 13 murders and over 50 rapes across a wide swath of California from the Bay Area, Sacramento, down through Ventura, Santa Barbara County, Ventura County, Orange County. Uh, he did have several gaps in his criminal activity and they don't know if he did anything because he's not talking. His crimes were characterized by extreme sexual and psychological sadism and a need for control. He made obscene, threatening, really scary, you can go online and listen, phone calls to his victims both before and after he committed the crimes against them. He called police and threatened to commit crimes, and he was almost caught because of that, but he did get away. He was very lucky. Um, he was alternately known, and it took them until 2020 to be sure of this, when he finally admitted it and pled guilty, but he was known as the Cordova cat burglar, the Exeter ransacker, the Visalia ransacker, the East Area rapist, and the original Night Stalker. And eventually in June, June 29th of 2020, he pled guilty to 13 counts of murder and kidnap and more than 120 ransack burglaries. And uh, that's his illustrious. I have a really weird question mm -hmm. when you were saying that. Did anybody ever report hitting him in the head during one of his things? I know that's a strange question, but I just felt the sudden like, like weird head thing. When, well, the, when he broke into people's houses when they were home, now the ransacks, nobody was home. When he broke right. into people's houses when they were in bed asleep at night, it was a blitz attack with flashlight right. in their eyes in the middle of the night. He would have one member of the couple tie up the other, you know. Right, so right. So, so there's no, no reported head injury. Well, I'm not sure. That's why I'm kind of not right. sure because he Same. was, the police set up a stakeout. And because he shot a professor, he broke into a house, tried to kidnap a 16-year-old girl, hauled her out into the backyard. And her father, who was a professor at a local junior college, story, yeah, right. went and confronted him, and he shot this guy dead. Right, right. <gasps> no, oh. no physical contact there. But hmm. shortly thereafter, the police staged a stakeout in a neighboring garage, he came back to that neighborhood, climbed over a fence and, and the police confronted him and there was a struggle. So I don't know. Maybe and, he was, wow. I yeah. wonder why they didn't arrest him then at that point though. He got I mean, away. I mean, it's just, it's just mind boggling that he was he able to away. get away he, with he, all he this said, stuff. He got away. Yeah. Mind boggling. It's just, he was I mean, I, part of me also wonders, I mean, a couple different factors here. I mean, there's a huge amount of rapes and crime and violent crime in the 70s and serial killers in this age group, you know, in this generational age group that he belonged to. But you got to wonder if some of it was there's this total insane misogyny that was happening and maybe police didn't really care that much, um, didn't really put much energy or attention into it because it was sort of that attitude, like women were kind of there for your pleasure type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Or if like, you know, you got to wonder, 
because yeah, well, these crime, yeah, these crimes happened in a context of social uh, acceptance of violence of that kind of behavior people. of that kind yeah. of behavior. Because I mean, I remember the seventies; it was creepy, and I was a little kid, but. I remember pervy dudes looking at me when I was nine, 10 years old and being really oh, yeah. freaked out by that. Window know. peeping, which is known to be a paraphilia that often uh, escalates into right. actual right. physical right. attacks, uh, was a joke. People laughed right. about it. Obscene right. phone calls were commonplace. I had them happen to me yeah. personally. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Uh, if you got accused and they actually... Uh, Not much was done. No, they actually took it to court. It was a misdemeanor rape. It wasn't considered a really terrible crime for a long time. And the first question was always, what were you wearing? Right, right. It was like your fault. Were you you drunk? That kind of thing. But I have a theory about that. And uh, I'll just reiterate that. We're, we're not licensed psychiatric professionals. This is purely speculation. I'm not diagnosing anybody, but it's my theory that you're talking about a larger karmic context of a generation of people. Now, when he became a young adult, his father's generation, the parental generation fought in World War II. There was a level of violence and brutality, exposure to psychological trauma that was global right, and yeah. on top of that there was um it wasn't just world hit. war ii it was also the depression before that yeah, yeah. War one before that i mean there's a yeah. lot of trauma korean korean war yeah yeah but then yeah. also you've got you've got uh multiple generations of people whose theories of child raising were maybe less than compassionate yeah <laughs> right just beat your kids i mean in the bible yeah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. I mean, basically beat your kids in submission. Oh, was the general place to hit children in yeah. school. Yeah, I know. I know you're right. <laughs> yeah, violence, corporal punishment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All those things uh, play a role for sure. Um, and, the, and the lack of understanding psychological, um, developmental psychology and psychology in general or understanding so many things, so many factors play a role in that. And also you've got to say, like in terms of the astrology, in terms of the karmic kind of component here, you know, people incarnating during those periods of time, there's maybe some kind of karmic, you know, developmental thing as well, like some kind of collective karmic Pluto and Leo, Neptune and Libra, the whole transformation of sexuality and understanding oneself and the nature of relationships shifting and changing and equality and Mm -hmm learning who you really are, the me generation and what Mm -hmm. your goals are, what all of that is part of this other piece of it, you know, the spiritual piece of it, that's, you know, this awakening that happened in the sixties with the Uranus-Pluto conjunction and Virgo. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you've got the the social context, the cultural context. The world changed dramatically. Right. You've got the, uh, you know, treatment of children, relationship between generations, that whole fourth turning right, theory from right, that right. book, right? That's from astrology and, though. Yeah. And, <laughs> astrology. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And give credit where it's due. And then uh and we've mentioned this, we've talked before about this. We've mentioned this so many times before. I sometimes forget that I haven't repeated it, you know, on screen, but uh we 
come into this world, this lifetime, and people will have to understand this is the point of view I'm coming from. You reincarnate till you get things right, till you get your lessons right. And every time you come back, you are exposed to karmic choices. And you either make karmic choices that help you evolve and move forward because you'll or they you you. Or they right. tie you closer and you have to come back. And right. so you bring that with you. You get a little baby tabula rasa, everybody says, right? Not at all. Not because you've got a right. genetic burden, a physiological genetic burden. So that's, that's correct. nature. And you've got the environment of your family, the generational abuse, the psychological right. dynamics. And that's that? nurture, right? But and also, then, I want to say... There's another component to this. I mean, that's something, I mean, even your personality to some degree is physiological. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So personality, people sort of confuse personality with spirit or soul. Your personality it can be dramatically different from one lifetime to the next. Your psychology right. and the way it's your, the way you conceive of things can, can be completely different. So it's even your psychology is tied to your physicality. You know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's all about uh, neurochemistry. Right. Exactly. Neurochemistry. Exactly. Right. So while we were just talking off screen, we were talking about introverts and extroverts and the fact that it's a physiological measurable trait. It's not just something that you are because you like to go to parties. You're actually born with a brain that is either an extrovert or an introvert and it can be tested we won't go into that but because we're not right clear well how it's done kind of know but not really so the other thing that uh we sometimes forget when a child is born um they're not born into a vacuum of course there's the nature the physiology there's the nurture the environment but there's this karmic debt and there are the Mm -hmm. karmic dynamics between all Mm -hmm. the people that they're involved with that's right that's right neighbors teachers everybody those relationships are significant in your journey of progress to enlightenment Mm -hmm. like that throwing terminology out here like i yeah i know what i'm talking no but there's really i mean the more you look into the nodes and in astrology in a karmic way there really are it's just i mean i'm actually i'm doing a lot of research into writing a book about it as as we're talking but i'm not going to go into that right now but it is amazing like i don't just really quickly i don't want to go too far off topic but that situation that happened with in monterey where that old guy the 70 year old man went and murdered a bunch of people and then that young man was monterey monterey park monterey park right and then the 26 year old you're right. It's Monterey Park. 26-year-old guy happens to be there. And if you saw the surveillance camera of him and the way that he dealt with it, he never hit the guy. He did this very nonviolent kind of yeah. taking the gun, pull, putting away. The other he was trying to, you know, get the gun back and he was being like sort of diffusing it. And did you and, see and, that gun? Oh my God, I know. But you like know, a howitzer. Oh, oh yeah. God. Well, he 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 was manu- that guy was manufacturing um silencers in his in his house. So but anyway, that so the young man said the one when he was interviewed, the thing he was most afraid of was having to kill that guy. That's what he said in the interview. And I thought, this is so freaking karmic, this whole thing. And I looked at their charts because I got I went and found their got birthday. Online. Yeah, yeah. And oh my God, they have nodal exact conjunctions in Aries 
and in Libra, which is all about violence, oh including God. it was so insane. Exact, exactly lined up. And this and I was young like, kid, he I'm, I'm just so speculating crazy. here. He at some level recognized that here was his free will choice. It's finally been presented to him in this lifetime. Yes. Do I yes. kill and, him? And this is that's correct. It's a past life thing. And it was an opportunity to make a choice to do the right thing or the wrong thing. He chose to do the right thing. And his whole life now, his whole life is going to be different. And it's going to be leveling up, going to a whole new level yeah. of, of understanding that he, he couldn't fathom before this happened. So this is what it's like a real life example of the nodal conflict and how to deal with it in a good way. But what we're talking about here is how people fall down into the undertow of the node, into the undertow. Into it, yeah. This yeah. brings, to, I know this is completely off subject. I'll make it really short. But this brings sure. to mind Viktor Frankl, Man's Search yeah. for Meaning, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. who chose to look at his imprisonment in a Nazi concentration camp from a point of view of opportunity right. and right. positive, loving relationships. If you can imagine that. And ended up writing this book that I think is one of the most significant books written yeah. in the English language. Yeah, people. Yeah, people. Yeah, that's true. Man's yeah. Search for Meaning. Yeah. Yeah, Man's Search for Meaning. Yep. All right. So you want to go? Do you want me to go into the astrology? You, go. you go. Okay. Yeah, you go. So I'll go into the astrology of D'Angelo. So I did talk a little bit about how the nodes are something we see a lot in people who choose to murder and do mayhem. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a pull from past lives and he does, D'Angelo does have the South node with the moon conjunct out of sign here. So the South node in Capricorn is all about the need for control, the need for control. And this is a pattern in past lives of having to control others. And even the Saturn Mars conjunction down here, again, it's about control. He can't, you know, um, you know, this is also reiterated by the Pluto square to his son in Scorpio. So, you know, all that Scorpio in terms of his personality in this lifetime, obsessive, really, really obsessive. And that Pluto square to the sun is more what we see in lifetime after lifetime. It's not so much the placement of houses or, or, or what signs something's in because people change personalities, but the dynamics within the chart are the things that people bring forward, which I know it's a weird, really weird way of putting this, People bring certain abilities and certain tendencies forward from other lifetimes. And in this case, he brings forward a very controlling, a need to be in control, a need to have things done his way or the highway, this very, very intensely, and I would say manipulative person, um, the Saturn-Mars conjunction near the node as well. It's not in the same, it's not close enough to be conjunct, but it's in the same sign and you know, it, t- it tells us a lot about the fact that he not only is controlling and has this really intense desire to manipulate his goal in this lifetime should have been to face his fears of not being able to be nurtured and being able to sort of give in to, you know, to love and giving in to, to nurturing and support and learning how to nurture others and being able to accept nurturing from people instead of trying to control everybody around him. But obviously he fell into the whole need to control. And I think this is in the crimes is what really was probably, this was all about control and power yeah. and domination. Yeah. And that's yeah. really what it shows here. Yeah. His cards, his cards too, for sure. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm going to let you go because that, that's oh, the basic. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. all wrapped up in that chart there, Denise. <laughs> okay. So um, I did this cards. I did a Celtic cross and how these cards are interpreted. They each have a separate meaning, but it, it changes in relationship to the other cards around them. And I will explain as I go along for anybody who may not be familiar with tarot. So at the heart of the reading, this is what he brought with him in this incarnation. And this cracks me up because we've seen it in other readings that we've done. Oh, wow. The seven, seven of swords. swords. Yeah. Also known as the thief. This is right. a cunning individual, a devious person. He has great potential to be a transgressor. He was born with that propensity to be a criminal type. It's up to him, but he had the tendency to be deceitful, evasive, betrayer, cunning and devious. He was very good, born with the ability to use his wits to get in and out of trouble. This also indicates somebody who's probably going to have legal problems, who's probably aggressive. And so it seems like the karmic purpose at the heart of his life was to seek better choices addressing these propensities in this lifetime. So learning not to be devious, not to be cunning, not to be a betrayer, like you said, not to be in control. And it's crossed by, and what that means is you get this card for him, but this card goes on top of it. And this card and this card will interact. And then I interpret it just how I feel like it should be. So we get the three of cups. And I was telling Denise that since I did this reading, I've done another reading on another criminal and ended up with the Three of Cups. And I think this is sort of a reflection of narcissism. Somebody who's just wrapped up in their own pleasure, just full yeah, of- Yeah, self-indulgent, maybe self-indulgent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is that all of these tendencies are in opposition to the larger community, happiness of the community. He was a mm -hmm. threat to cohesion and fellowship and joy, um, celebration, and especially of women, especially of women. So this is a guy who's not trustworthy. He's impulsive, deceitful, good planner, and he's in opposition to feminine energy and feminine well-being and his impulses go against the larger society in the atmosphere. So this is sort of the um, energetic influence over his life is the ace of cup, cups hmm. and aces are always about the start of a new opportunity. And I think this reflects that this life is a rebirth. This life is a, a, a presented with a new opportunity. You know. And I say that there's a there is a, a parallel, I think, with a node being a cancer with this ace of cups, and mm -hmm. that this is about love, about he was supposed to learn about love. Right. And right. Yeah. That's yes, to learn how to deal with emotions, positive right. emotions. Right, right. This is his I have you took the words right out of my mouth. I have I wrote down all my thoughts. Chance to begin in love. Yes, <laughs> okay, so right. We agree. Yeah. We agree. And at the foundation, so this is the underpinning of his life. Uh, oops, I got the three of pentacles reversed. Reverse means upside down. And depending on who's reading the tarot cards, it can mean the opposite of this meaning or an intensification of this right. meaning or whatever. <laughs> Depends on the reader. So the three of pentacles is... Uh, well, the number three, I looked this up. I thought this was interesting. The number three is about performative people. And his mm. crimes were utterly 
performative. They were intended for shock value. They were intended for fear. Mm. They were in all yeah. done as, as control, fear. Control, yeah, and yeah. fear. Yeah, that's a very Saturn kind of thing. And this reflects somebody who would take a job because he had the notion that the job had a certain image. Mm. And then because it's reversed, be disappointed. And that's exactly what happened to him. He wanted to be a tough guy, a cop. And when mm -hmm. he became a cop, he was a lousy cop. He was really bad yeah. at his job. Uh, he couldn't work with other people. He had no care about his community. He uh, just had very poor skills as a cop, poor interpersonal skills. And he was mediocre in his personal life too, which this would indicate. Um, he put on a big show, but, you know, his show of aggression and control and, you know, he was terribly dangerous, but it all came from the opposite. It came from a weakness and uh, fear on his part. So then we get this is uh, his past. Now, reading the Celtic cross about somebody who's already in jail uh we're looking at his larger life. We're just taking a broader view. So this is a life that was out of control, out of balance, dishonest. He felt he didn't need to have accountability. The kind of person who holds grudges and has grievances and lots of resentments. And that was what he was like. He was always mad at the neighbors, mad at his wife, mad at people at work. A guy who feels put upon the world. He's the victim of the world. The world is against him. Uh, he doesn't need to, to explain his actions. He feels justified in everything that he does. So an entitled, angry, aggrieved, dishonest, chaotic kind of character. And in his future, I got the Knight of Pentacles reversed. This is somebody who's secretive and really set in his ways, really stubborn, really obsessive. His crimes were very, very obsessive. And he needed to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. So these are all propensities, tendencies, characteristics that he brought with him into this lifestyle, but led, lent themselves to his behavior and his choices. Now, this is an interesting card. People freak out when they get this card. This is himself, death. In this case, I think it's actually, it's apropos. Yeah, it's very uh, literal. Yeah, yeah, it's literal. And you don't usually take it literally. The death card means right. transition, change, moving from one totally different thing to another. Um, you know, going into a different gear in your life, changing directions, whatever. In this case, I think he was an instrument of death. He, mm -hmm. I think it's 100%. Uh, but I also think it's a comment on his karmic debt that he brought with him. The purpose of his lifetime was uh, to take a different turn, to make a transition, to learn something different. Here are all those issues and problems that you've had in the past that are your karmic debt. This is your chance to make better decisions, move in a different direction. And the purpose of his life was change, positive. Mm -hmm. I, I agree, totally. So the energy around him, so he's got this, this is him. And he's sort of sitting in a stew of the Ace of Wands reverse. Now, once again, aces are usually the beginnings of something. But when it's, when the Ace of Wands, the Wands is about action. When I see this reversed, I think, okay, something is halted. So positive change is halted. He's not going to make that transition that he needs mm -hmm. to make. He's 
stuck. Uh, he has poor work habits, poor personality habits, no confidence. He doesn't even have a real career. Like he's never, he never had a consistent career either, which is what well, they Well, after so, he got fired, yeah. he ended up, they don't know for 10 years what he did. And then after that, he right. was a mechanic and he retired from that after about 25 years. But it oh, was okay. a solitary sort of job. Right, he, he right. Anchored with engines all day, basically. Um, anyway, this also indicates a need to stop and think about the actions that you're going to take and they're inappropriate and inappropriate action and inappropriate attractions. I thought that was really interesting. So hopes and fears. This is depends on the co larger context. We've got the chariot. So this is a person who's determined and forceful and aggressive who needs to balance the energy in his life, but oversimplification of what he needs to do, but you get the idea. And eventually the outcome, and this card pops up a lot for these criminals. The magician, the magician. Yeah. as above, so below, manifesting. This is a person who had the power, was born with the ability to, to cause change in his life pops up all over his cards mm -hmm. he had the ability good or bad free will choices uh he could carry out positive intentions but look at what it's crossed by the five mm. pentacles crossed by isolation he was a very isolated person fear i think fear was huge in him uh he projected it out to cause it in other people he was unstable he, he like needed balance this is also mm -hmm. about balance. Um, interesting little tidbit. See his belt? His belt, I don't know if you can see. It's the Ouroboros. Mm -hmm. It's the snake yeah. with its head and tail, you know, the map there. Yeah. 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 Which is the symbol of infinity. And I think this is right. about, this is a, a reincarnation, a really important lifetime with huge karmic lessons. And he kind of didn't do his homework. You know what I mean? <laughs> he missed yeah. his opportunity because he was too focused on those physical urges right well also i mean it's interesting that what you're saying because the other thing i think is really crazy is how much and how long he got away with all this stuff i know and to me like one of the things like he's got a lot of sad from the start he's got mercury series he's also got vesta and um and his moon all in sagittarius which Sagittarius get Sagittarians get away with stuff like in ways that no other sign it's sort of in the way I look at it is Sagittarius is the lifetime where you're in, you are enabled to do sort of you're kind of given free reign and you're you're all able to basically the universe gives you enough rope to hang yourself and then you have to come back as a Capricorn and deal with all your karmic debt so the <laughs> fact that he kept running away and getting away with all this for so yeah. long yeah. You know, he's got this trying from Pluto. It's like the universe kind of gave him a pass in a really weird way um, to do all these terrible things. And then all this obsessiveness in his chart, all that Scorpio and that Pluto square, where there's this real sexual obsession, like just oh, a yeah. need to dominate and control. And then, like you said, the fear thing with the Saturn Mars conjunction and the Southern Capricorn, mm -hmm. it's, he is coming from a place where his many lifetimes, especially because it's conjunct the moon, have been about self-indulgence and fear and yeah. basically control. And this, he came here with the North Node to break that and to learn to be 
loving, to learning to be nurturing to others, learning to nurture and to accept nurturing from others. And he had the opportunity with all these planets in Libra, a part of him really wanted to be in relationship yeah. with the other, you know, but yeah. he's so controlling and domineering. And then the Saturn Mars wearing the Venus, he could not get it together to do that. He could not control. Yeah. Well, if you look at his personal life, you know, despite the fact that his marriage was a complete chaotic yeah. disaster, right? he had three daughters. He yeah, kept being crazy. presented with, with here now is another opportunity. Here's that's another correct. Another woman in your life that you can maybe make some positive decisions about. That's right. Especially with the Northern Cancer, it is about accepting the feminine and going towards the feminine mm-hmm. and learning to nurture and be like a mother or to be, you know, somebody who is compassionate and caring towards yourself and others and learning to accept that. So that's what's interesting about your reading too with the Ace of Cups. It's very much that is yeah. really the path. That was the way to break this cycle yeah. of karma for him. Yeah. And he did not. He went full bore into the negative aspects of his, of his character. And he just indulged himself like that Three of Cups. And you know, know and I think that that's often what happens. Um, you're born with this karmic lesson to be learned, but trauma happens your environment happens, your family happens, and you are more or less uh, capable of overcoming those things. And I think that there were traumas early in his life that turned him in a different direction, but it's always a choice. Unless you are really seriously mentally ill. And this is not a person, um, like I'm not, like I said, I'm not a psychiatrist, but he was not Psychotic. He wasn't diagnosed. No, he no, wasn't diagnosed with a severe. Yes, no. there's a Uranus in conjunction to the sun. So there's also the a fear of being tell, different. Yeah. The way you can tell is how careful he was to not get caught. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And how much he's not saying anything right now. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting when you see pictures of him, he looks like there's, he looks aberrant, but he also looks like he's a little demented or something like that. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He yeah. does. He doesn't look like he'd be a smart man. He doesn't look like he'd be able to get away with this for as long as he did. You know, well, here's a, here's an interesting little tidbit that everyone should be aware of. I'm sure most people are when he was arrested and brought into court. Uh, the cops that arrested him said he was out working in the front yard and he had a roast in the oven perfectly capable, functional person. The next right. day when he was brought into court, he was in a wheelchair and he right, right. acted like he was senile. That's this was right. a big act. It was an act. Mm-hmm. It was manipulative, very manipulative. This right, is right. a magician in him. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That that exact same is what I'm saying. It looks like he's trying to put on that he's retarded or something like that. Oh, yeah. They had surveillance yeah. footage of him in his cell. And I like to joke he was doing parkour in his cell. He was exercising and, and right. climbing and, and he had full capacity. But you look at Harvey Weinstein, same right. thing. Right. Uh, Bill Cosby went from perpetrator to feeble old man overnight. Uh, yeah. That happens quite allegedly. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And that, and that maybe that's how he managed to get away with this so long too, is that he was at the margins of society on some level and kind of didn't seem like very capable 
to people. Like he maybe well, he, he owned his- a house and he right? had a job for 20 odd years and he raised three children. So unless you live next door to him and heard him ranting and raving in the backyard, you might not realize, you know, he's just a grumpy old man as an older man. man. And as a younger man, I kind of think he was sort of a snake, you know? Oh, you definitely, definitely. You wouldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm also noticing he's got a Uranus in conjunction to his son, which is, you know, really feeling like an outsider, like he's flipping. That's probably the voyeurism thing, like this sort of flipping into this voyeuristic kind of stuff that he did early on to sort of control his out of control things. And and I think because he didn't get caught, it escalated. I would bet you. Oh, absolutely. I, oh, yeah. I, I mean, because, because you you it, this is a, a sort of obsessive situation where totally. it, it's akin to uh, an addiction, and That's right. eventually the effect mute, is muted, and you need to escalate to get the same rush, and mm-hmm. then eventually that dampens, and you escalate again. And then you end up with somebody who's killing. I mean, he started out raping women alone, then raping women with children at home, then raping right. women with right. men it's in the house, more and, more and extreme. then killing people. Yeah. So it escalated. And then he was also time. eating food and stuff and like doing all kinds of weird things in between oh, while sure. he was doing it. It was yeah. really extending his, you know, the fear yeah. and the control as long as he possibly could get away with it. So One I mean, of the more horrifying things that he did was after he had his victims tied up, he moved the woman out of the room where the man was, and then he would stack china on the man's back and right. tell him, "If I hear this rattling, I'll kill you." The psychological uh, sadism in that yes. is breathtaking. Me, yeah, yeah, that's all that Scorpio squaring that Pluto and Leo. It's this kind of you know this desire for total power over others yeah yeah Yeah. and and pleasure in their fear yeah that's that's a self-owned capricorn drink the moon there's an emotional kind of this is an emotional sadist basically and that's something he brought with him from past lives yes that is something so i have these books Shall we show the yeah. books really quickly? Here, I'll, I'll, I'll stop this share so you can show. Okay, yeah. so there there are uh, several really good books. I don't have one of them, which is excellent. I got, must have gotten it from the library. Larry Crompton, one of the investigators early on in his crimes, uh, wrote a book called Sudden Terror. I recommend that. This is interesting. This is done in a more sort of outline-ish kind of an elaborate outline i really like this it puts everything kind of in chronological perspective this is written by i believe this guy was his brother-in-law killers keep secrets is that what it's called killers keep secrets secrets. yeah yeah i think he's a relative okay uh this is written by billy jensen billy jensen not here let me do it in the proper order this is the definitive book right I'll, I'll be, be gone, gone in the, in the dark, dark by Michelle, by Michelle McNamara. Right. Denise and I both have a little attachment to, to Michelle. And, and sadly, Michelle, who dedicated years of her life and managed to, and she's just a, an amateur mom, you know, she managed to get cops who hated each other to talk to each other. The Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department would not admit that there was any link. They wanted to downplay the whole thing because of Reagan's ranch. Reagan was running for president and they didn't want to, to besmirch the, uh, 
you know, the, the area, image, the image. Right. right. So she managed because of her personality and because of her obsessive hard work to, to really put new life into the investigation. Eventually, Paul Holes, one of the Sacramento Sheriff's Department uh, lab, a criminalist guy, and I have his book downstairs. I'm reading it. Sorry. Um, he uh came up with the whole notion of the DNA and they ended up catching this guy by doing genetic genealogy, forensic genealogy, working backwards in the family tree right. um, and were able to narrow it down and then find the person in the family who was the appropriate generation, gender location. So Michelle's book, I'll be gone in the dark, beautifully written. Uh, yes, just the, and yeah. she tragically died right before he was, they, they ramped up the investigation and he was caught. This was her, her buddy, Billy Jensen. She started with me. Yeah. And he she finished her book, that book because she, it was in, in being edited when she died. And then he wrote this about his experience. She really, started what yeah. Called. yeah. She well, started I mean, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for her and DNA, he would still be, uncaught basically and that is mind-boggling really with how many crimes this man committed so you have to ask yourself how many other of these guys are out there who you know it takes 20 30 40 years to catch it's it's they've been catching a, a, pretty a lot more because of number. dna yeah. i know yeah. it's true i mean dna is a game changer there's a whole theory that this is why people are doing mass shootings now instead of serial killings it's because of this because of dna i don't know if you've heard that but i don't know if that's well I have, I have a different theory on that i did cards on that the other night on gun violence and why it's escalating and i come from a more cause and effect sort of point of view although i don't argue with you i think that's entirely i don't know it's not my theory i've just heard people psychologists say that they believe wouldn't surprise me but yeah, I, I, feel like I feel like it's case. escalating becoming more egregious becoming more disturbing three in one day i mean somebody told yes. me there were 39 was... incidents more incidents of mass shootings than there were days in the month Oh yeah, no, I know yeah. there was like over six hundred last, like last year. I mean, so this, we're getting this a is, message from the universe. This is a message. This is from getting, the yeah, really out of control. And yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I mean, something has to be done about it. This is just ridiculous at this point. Like you know, guns need to be taken, and I mean, nobody else has to deal with this in any other Western, any other country. country that's right. And I, I, I did a reading on this the other night. So if you want to see a more elaborate version of what I'm going to say right now, you can go look at that. But in a nutshell, I, my opinion, guns are a physical manifestation of the violence and anger and misogyny and patriarchal hate that's in our world globally, but especially in the United States. And yeah, they're actually, it's actually manifesting as physical death objects. And the behavior right. is all of this stuff bubbling up and it increases because we're ignoring the message. Somebody well, and we're ignoring doing anything about it. Well, we're not doing anything about it That's either. Right. That's right. I mean, we're just allowing it to continue and That's we're not right. making laws. In fact, I think this is also my feeling about this is this is also the lead up to a lot more 
political violence and the lead up to the potential a potential civil war in this country. And this is we're seeing this kind of escalation and sort of laissez-faire attitude about violence, you know, because some part of us is there's a lot of anger and hostility. And it's and it's 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 considered acceptable, I guess, because nothing's being done about it. Well, and the only people that can do anything about it are the politicians, and they don't want to do anything about it. And ironically, it those guns will end up being turned against them if That's they don't right. do anything. That's right. So and I think we we are deluded by false uh, feelings of safety, denial. But the reality is, what I like to remind everybody of all the time is Mussolini only had the support of approximately fifteen percent of the Italian yeah, and, population. Right. 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 And Hitler only got 30 percent of the vote. So, I mean, there you, go. There you know, you go. I mean, this the thing is, you don't need a you don't need everybody to agree. If you have the guns and you have people who are crazy enough and psychopathic enough and willing to do whatever they want to do, then, you know, that's where the danger lies. And where else have there been a number of really horrendous mass shootings? Russia. And look mm. at Russia and Ukraine. And I think there's a message in that. I agree. I think it's a it's a lead up to war. I, I totally agree with that. But this I think is kind a karmic, of like karmic. Well, it's message. karmic, but I, I think yes, it is a karmic message, but it's kind of like, you know, um I really think there is a, a direct correlation to the to the to the oh, we're getting off topic, but to 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 <laughs> what you know it's really we do that, but but basically, I do think there is a correlation between the anger and animosity and the division in our culture and the evidence of violence that is just breaking out all over the place. And we'll look back, historians will look back at this and go, wow, if you look at all these mass shootings, you can see this escalation happening right in plain view and nobody's doing anything about it. That It's going to become obvious in retrospect. And only to people like us, me and you. Well, we see it going forward, you know, because that's that's what our job is to, to see those kind of signs and symbols before other people. Do. And, it's, and it's kind of an awkward situation because, you know, my family's sick of listening to me rant about it. They're so grateful. I discovered YouTube. They don't have to listen to me anymore. <laughs> and, you know, I always think of all the poor people on YouTube are a bit of a captive audience, but they they can don't know they they can choose right. to watch you or not. Yeah. And just that's like right. people choose to listen to us or not. And yeah. sometimes people get very upset with you and me, you know, because we do tend to be forthright right? And it's not always sugar-coated, but it's not. And then there's the whole issue, which I'm going to do here in a while. I'm going to do a whole series on the laws of the universe and that whole notion of the law of attraction. If you think bad things, bad things will happen to you. No, 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 no. That's not the point of that at all. And no, if we don't acknowledge, it's like AA. I look at it more, not the laws of the universe. I look at it as the 12 step program. The first, right. what's the first step? You have to acknowledge you have a problem. And right, that's what right. I are trying to do wake up everybody you have problems right right you know i think you know yeah i think there's a lot of misinformation about about the laws of the spiritual kind of architecture of things um you know i think it's uh there's a lot of that out there there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding and misrepresentation mm-hmm. you know and well, I'm it not, seems I'm not very simple. Into that, but, yeah when you i mean i've been 
studying them. And, and, and it seems on, on the surface, on the face of it, they seem very straightforward. But when you really start digging into them, it gets more and more and more and more confusing. It's complicated. No, it's, yeah. it's complicated. It's, it, is, it is complicated. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not the way that they've been presented. And, um, but to bring it back, I know, bring it back to, to Angelo, because we are getting yeah, way off. Yeah. We're topic. getting way off topic. I yes. can't believe I'm being the discipline. Yeah, no, no, that's great. No. <laughs> I know, but you know, yeah, well, so to go to this point, D'Angelo to me is a prime example of someone who chose one step at a time to escalate mm-hmm. himself worse and worse to mm-hmm. continue down the path of the shadow, the shadow mm-hmm. path towards mm-hmm. more and more bad decisions and more and more indulgence of his dark side until his shadow side completely eclipsed his personality and he became the boogeyman. He became mm-hmm the worst possible iteration they could be. And this is what happens, I think, in terms of indulging the dark side of one's personality, instead of trying to rescue oneself from that, you know, you can, you end up eclipsing and losing yourself in, in this very dark place. And, um, you know, well, it's like any, it's like any addiction. There's never enough and it right. can only escalate. And right. the problem, behaviors that are this negative you're you're tying yourself down to a very low vibratory low frequency three-dimensional density here on the planet you're you're addicted to the physical and you tie yourself here you're going to come back and be faced with exactly the same choices only worse only worse Right. It'll be worse. I mean, the lives will look different. You might not be the same gender. You might be in a different, but, but the reality is those sort of moral choices between, between love and the opposite of love, fear, uh, are going to present themselves until you make the choice for love. I'm glad you said that because that is the real opposite of love. It's Mm -hmm. not hate. It's Mm -hmm. fear. Mm -hmm. And that's some, that's a very important distinguish distinguishment or whatever, what you want to call it. It's there, there really mm-hmm. is that that's really what the true opposite is. And he, he indulged his fear. He indulged his desire to control. He indulged his own, you know, like you said, fear is really at the root of all of this, the fear of mm-hmm. being rejected, the fear mm-hmm. of, you know, of not being able to be lovable or loved to not really trust anyone enough to allow any love really in mm-hmm. having to control everyone. And position them and make puppets out of other humans to fulfill your own needs. Those are all based on fear and uh, all those choices. And the fact that he continued to escalate and do worse and worse and worse, it just shows you that once you kind of indulge the riptide of your shadow self, it fully will pull you under until you are totally devolved. And Mm -hmm. I think the person that's going to be the most, yeah, all those people he damaged and all those many, many lives that surround all those individuals who were victimized by this man, you know, um, the, the amount of damage that guy did to all of these oh. people and, and then to himself. I lived in fear. I lived in that community where he was murdering people. My parents lived yeah. about one or two miles from where he killed all those people. Right. My husband and I were afraid to leave our windows open at night. It was sure. horrifying, horrible, but I like, right. I like to simple Denise and this is how I look at it it's like you're in the fourth grade or the third grade and you're taking multiplication for school for arithmetic right 
And so you get the intention for the year, you're gonna learn multiplication. So it starts out with lesson plans. So you're born and you have a lesson plan kind of for your life. But you take these problems home and you have to address the problems. And either you do them or you half-ass them and you, or do you a fall bad backwards. Job, yeah. Or you don't do them at all. And if you don't do them at all, what ends up happening at the end of the year? You have to repeat the year. Right. Well, and in his case, he not only didn't do the problems, he made more problems. He solved his problem by, you know, lighting his house on fire, basically, and then lighting someone else's house on fire and then lighting someone else's house on fire. So, I mean, you know, it's not to me, this is not even a matter of not finishing your lessons. When you fall down the shadow path, this is basically you become, you devolve, you devolve your soul, you kill a piece of your own light. And I think you actually, I mean, I think if you do it enough, I, I don't, I think, you know, you're given a lot of chances by the universe, but I think at a certain point, if you continually do this, you get stuck in the sludgy astral plane and you can't really get back here very easily. But I, I think you get plenty of chances before that happens. Unfortunately for all of us, you get a lot of chances. The universe is a positive and loving place and the creator is, loves all of her children um but well, uh well maybe not all but most well, she does <laughs> she loves all her children but you know um but you know she also at a certain point if you choose to to fall in love with the darkness and and the and the chaos of the universe that's where you'll end up i think you know yeah. I think that's where you'll end up yeah well on that happy note yeah yeah <laughs> Well, that was this was another episode of Psychics and Psychos with Helen and Denise. That's true crime metaphysical analysis. So thank you everybody for watching, by the way. And listening. Fun Thanks. Oil.